0: praise the Lord. Once again, it's Pastor Jerry coming to you wherever you're at. Praise God. Whatever device you're listening to, watching, praise God. Roku, Vimeo, whatever it may be. Anyway, it's always an honor and a privilege to bring you the Word of God. We're just grateful that uh, you're out there and listening and getting fed by it. Praise the Lord. Uh, Let us hear from you. Man, we always love to hear from you. See how... uh, uh, how uh how we're doing so to speak, amen, and just uh let us know if you're enjoying what's uh coming to you, praise God, or any questions or things, maybe just some things maybe you'd uh some questions about different things so uh anyway, our heart is just to be a blessing to you, so we're real grateful and honored that you're with us today, so we'll go ahead and jump right into the word today we're going to talk about uh prayer we're going to talk about prayer basics, and you'll kind of understand why I titled that we're going to go first to Colossians. Chapter Four, please. Colossians Chapter Four is where we're going to dive into. Praise the Lord! Actually, it's a subject I enjoy. Um, this really is a, a teaching that uh, the Spirit of God uh, began to talk to me about probably twenty years back, and uh, just things kind of the prayer basics that uh, you know, kind of what what got me started, how it got me into this and involved in prayer and. Uh, um, you know, just living a consistent prayer life. Amen. And really, that's a kingdom principle, you know, or maybe a kingdom insight, we could say, is uh, just maintaining uh, a personal prayer life. Amen. Because it's key. Amen. And uh, so, anyway, uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And it says this continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Praise God. Continue earnestly. In prayer, Colossians 4 2. Now, the word continue earnestly actually is one Greek word, and it means to persevere, to be constant, uh, to be earnest toward a thing. Uh, it means to attend to something continually, but that word attend refers to giving of oneself. So, when we're talking about uh, here, it says continue earnestly in prayer, it means of giving of oneself, amen, attending, giving oneself, amen. Uh, continually, okay, on a consistent basis. And that's what it's talking about. And that's kind of what we're we're talking about here today. The word here, vigilant, just means watchful or keep alert, keep awake. Amen. If you recall, you know, back in uh, Matthew 26, we see a uh, deal where Jesus in the garden, He says, just watch and pray. He's asking His disciples, watch and pray. And then later, of course, they get a rebuke because, uh, you know, He said, could you not watch with me for one hour? Amen. So they couldn't even stay alert, or awake for one hour without you know falling asleep. Now you may say, well that's me in my prayer life. Well it could be. Uh, early on, maybe that was mine too, way back, you know, maybe you know whatever it was 30 years back. But but uh uh I I learned to discipline myself in some things and some of these things I'm gonna share today, hopefully I'll help you with that. Um, you know, just to get you you know stirred up, moving forward, amen, some of you I know many of you are uh, intercessors, prayer warriors, praise God, people that just get with it, praise God know how to pray, but this will still do you good because just some good insights, some good basic things to know, uh, but for some of you, uh, maybe it 's just you know you 're just trying to develop that prayer life. Well, I was there one day, I remember being that uh, being that person, amen, and uh, just by taking some of these basic simple things that the Lord showed me. Uh, was able to help me uh, in my prayer life over the last whatever it's been now, 30 years. So, anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, the word says in Luke 18, I'm just going to kind of throw that out there, I probably won't go there, but. Uh, Jesus said that men ought to pray uh, everywhere always. Amen, I think it's how it words. I don't know if I got it wrote down here. He spoke to them saying, men always, there we go, always ought to pray and not lose heart. There we go. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Which again, is just telling you men, stay with it, stick with it. I am going to turn, since we're real close here, let's go to Ephesians 6 real quick. Ephesians 6. And uh, again, we're talking about a prayer life, maintaining a prayer life. Amen. Now, you know, um, my heart really is to stay as up and positive as I can with this thing, but I have noticed over the years as a pastor um, that a lot of people don't have a prayer life. Okay? They uh, they look for everybody else to do the praying for them. You know, there may be a, a spouse looking for their spouse to do the praying for them, or, or they come to the church and want the prayer team or the pastor to do all the praying for them. And uh, there's nothing wrong with anybody else getting in agreement and praying with you about whatever it is that you need prayer for. We're not against any of that, but we are encouraging, okay, uh, that the the key, the kingdom principle here, the kingdom insight I'm bringing out, the key here is for you to have a personal prayer life, okay? And we're going to see some of the benefits of that here today. All right, Ephesians 6. Now what's in context? He's talking about putting on the whole armor of God. But then he wraps it all up in verse 18, saying this in chapter 6. Ephesians 6, 18, he said, "...praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints." Again, he's kind of saying the same thing. Praying always with all prayer okay, and supplication in the Spirit. Now this word all here, it actually means... Um, uh, all manner of. In fact, uh, I believe it's the Amplified. We'll say it that way. Okay, all manner of prayer. What's that talking about? Well, all manner of prayer. Uh, we got the prayer of faith. You got the prayer of petition. Um, you know, making your petitions known. You have supplication, where you're maybe praying for another individual. Agreement, where two people coming together, the power of agreement, the word talks about. Intercession, praying for situations, circumstances. You can be praying around things around the world. Praise God. Uh, there's also things like travail or praying in the spirit. Okay, these are praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, praying in tongues, you know. So these are all different types of prayer or all manner of prayer. Now, the reason I mention that, okay, because sometimes, you know, we're reading things, you see little tidbits about prayer, and so what happens is we kind of sometimes we uh you know we kind of throw all this in and then try to make a, a prayer life out of it or make it all make sense, and it may not make sense because it might be talking about a different type of prayer. Okay, I'm talking about just your basic, uh, personal, intimate conversations with God. Okay, personal prayer life. Okay, just your every day you get up and you just commune with God. Now, there's some things I want to say about prayer before we dive into this. Okay, Uh, number one, prayer is a two-way street. Okay, it's not just you doing all the talking. Okay, you got to remember that you got to let God have opportunity to speak into you. All right, so prayer is a two-way street. Also, uh, prayer is meant to be okay an interaction between you and your heavenly Father, all right, an interaction Now, get this because this is something 's going to come up quite a bit, okay Prayer is our communion with heaven, okay, so it 's a vertical thing, and it's our dominion on earth, which is a horizontal thing okay now that this is right here is the stuff. That began to make sense for me in my personal prayer life, okay? So, my time with God every day, okay, is about two major things, okay? It's about a vertical relationship, in which my communion, my fellowship with heaven itself, with God, okay? And also taking dominion on planet earth, all right? So, which is a horizontal deal. So, a lot of times, folks miss some of this vertical. And they have more of an emphasis on the horizontal, okay, trying to get their needs met, uh, you know, uh, you know get, get whatever it is that they have to, you know, they need done or need changed, whatever, which is nothing wrong with that, but uh, I'm going to show you just some simple things that will help with this, all right? Now with that said, and like I said, that's going to come up again, but with that said, we're going to go now to the book of Matthew, okay, because Jesus talked about prayer. Let's go to Matthew 6, please. Matthew 6. And I hope you're all doing good. hope you're all ready to receive praise God amen now i can't i can't say this enough okay because um really it's just uh, just some things that the spirit of God stirred in my heart years ago um, when I knew in my heart um, that I needed to develop a little bit more um, uh, of, of my personal uh, prayer life, okay? I'll just maybe explain more of that here in a minute. But uh, just some things, getting myself in a place where um, I got to enjoy prayer. I love prayer. I love, enjoy, I love and enjoy my time with God every morning. Um, I spend uh, my early morning with Him. And um, it, it to me, uh, I, I don't say any of that as a boast. I just say I, I really, honestly cherish my time with God. Um, and it, it didn 't always start that way I mean, it didn 't start out that way, but it was just a thing that I began uh, to understand, see some basic principles, some things that started helping me, and then it began to stir uh, that want to in me all right that desire amen to to do it and then it just got to be this consistent thing that just life isn 't you know your day ain 't normal unless you have that time and so uh, anyway, uh, you know, I just maybe enough said of that. But let's go to Matthew six, and we're going to go to verse five. And maybe what I'll do here first, I kind of got this broke up in a couple couple ways here. But um, we're going to go to Math, Matthew six, verse five, and maybe I'll read about um, three four verses here, and then come back up, and then we'll just like kind of like we normally do, kind of dissect some things and define things and stuff like that. So verse five says, "And when you pray, you notice it says when you pray, okay." You gotta kinda, you're going to see that a lot in this text. When you pray, you shall, okay, so talking about you now, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, uh, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, uh, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, you notice that, right? Go into your room, right? And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father. You're kind of making it real real. Real plain here, right? Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father, amen, who sees in secret will reward you openly. All right? And when you pray, okay, see in the theme here? When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before You ask him, okay? So there's the first section there. Let's back up here, verse 5 again, and let's just give you some basic, um, I'm going to call it basic fundamentals here, okay? Uh, This part of it anyway. So basic fundamentals. In other words, just uh, foundational, essential things uh, that that makes a prayer life uh, work, okay? So the first part is, it says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Now the word hypocrite just means a pretender, Okay, a hypocrite doesn't mean just somebody that made a mistake. A lot of times people look at people and say, well, they're all hypocrites because maybe they're not all you know, acting like Jesus at the moment. Well, that's not what really makes a hypocrite. What makes a hypocrite is they pretend. They have a facade. They're saying one thing and living another, okay? Or they're encouraging you to do one thing and they're doing another, okay? That's what makes them a hypocrite, okay? So he's talking to these religious leaders don't be like them, okay? Why? Because uh, they, they, they love to pray standing in the synagogues out on the corners of the street. Why? Just so everybody can see them. So they're out there just trying to be seen, right? And he says, but they have their reward. That's about as far as their reward's going to go. Well, I don't want you to live that way, and I don't want to be that way. And I'm sure, you know, there ain't none of you going out on the street just praying for the sake of praying. But let's take the principle out of what he's talking about here. He's talking about here something being more heartfelt. Not this thing where uh, you know, 're just being uh, um, you know, just trying to be seen, but it really is something coming from the heart with you and God, so i 'm going to say this first part that prayer needs to be fervent, okay Now fervent uh, the scripture says actually in uh, uh, James five and sixteen, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. okay well what 's that mean? It means heartfelt that 's what that word fervent means, okay Something coming. From you all right so prayer should first and foremost uh, first and foremost come from you all right so in other words it, it ought to be something out of you all right something that's no facade uh, you know it's it's a real thing something real okay if you're uh, talking to somebody or maybe your spouse or somebody and if you just you know if you're just kind of surface and nothing real they, they get it people pick up on it people know whether you're you're serious about this or not Um, You know, it's the same thing with your Heavenly Father. You know, you can go into prayer and blah, 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 and then run out the door and you had had no connection. There was no no part of you even involved here. So we're talking first and foremost, prayer should be fervent, all right? Because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. If you want your prayers to avail, first and foremost, it's got to come from your heart. It's got to be heartfelt, praise God. All right, heartfelt, wholehearted, showing depth. Sincerity of feeling, Amen. Praise God. No facade, you know, and, and really full of life. Maybe some enthusiasm behind it. Praise God, Amen. And that might be a, uh, you know, that might come as you as you do this, and uh, more and more you do it, the more enthused you get, the more full of life you get. But first and foremost, if you're going to sit down to pray, let it come from your heart. All right. Be have some fervency about it. All right. Uh, Let it it be a real thing, all right? If you're going to communicate, amen, let it come from the heart, all right? That's first and foremost, fervent, all right? Heartfelt, okay? Verse 6, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will, will reward you openly, all right? So first and foremost, what this is talking about, Okay. Is, uh, you know, you think, well, the God, that mean we all have to have a broom closet we go into or a clothes closet we walk into. No, what he's talking about is staying, uh, staying focused. Okay. Uh, that's my next one's going to be focused. So the first one's fervent, but the second one's got to be focused. Okay. You're going to sit down to prayer. You got to settle it. Okay. You got to have, do it in a way. Okay. Get yourself a place that you can get focused. Somebody say, well, well, I always pray when I go to work. Well, there's nothing wrong with praying on the way to work. You probably should pray on the way to work because you've got to be out there on those roads driving, right? But I've found that in those kind of situations, you're never focused, okay? Because you're too busy watching everything else and hearing this and seeing this, and you might even have the radio going at the same time. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with praying on the way to work, all right? But I have found that people need to learn... Okay, how to find that place, okay? Psalms 91 talks about dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, all right? That you you come under that shadow, all right? What that's talking about, see, is is getting focused, all right? You're separating yourself from any distraction, okay? If you want your prayer life to work, you're going to have to learn not only to be fervent and heartfelt, but you're going to have to be focused, not distracted all the time, All right. So learn how to focus. Now, if you do that right, you begin to train your spirit and your inner man. You begin to train even your thoughts. Okay. you learn how to train your head a little bit. All right. So you're not all over the map so that when you do come into chaotic situations, you're more apt to be able to connect. A lot of people, if they don't learn how to stay focused in their time of prayer, when they come into chaotic situations, don't even have a clue what to do. They just panic. They go chaotic. All right. So we're talking about learning how to develop this personal or maintaining this personal prayer life. OK, it's going to take keys like fervency. OK, it's going to take keys like being focused. OK. All right. Uh, focus. Let me see if I need to say anything else about this. Um, Uh, The uh, part to be uh, focused. All right. One of the reasons that we want to be focused is to be result minded. In other words, I want results. and I think I kind of said that a minute ago. You know, if I'm going to go into prayer, I just can get something done. Okay. So that means I'm not only going to be heartfelt, but I'm going to have to be focused on getting the job done. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm not as apt to fall asleep. I'm not as apt to, uh, you know, uh, go to you know, go to prayer and all you can think about is the chore or the job or the kids or or whatever it is that's trying to to pull on you, you know. So you're more apt to to get something done, get something accomplished. Okay. the other thing that you need to know about being focused um, is the fact that the key to concentration is elimination. Okay. I just toss that out there. Because that was something that kind of spoke to me years ago. I can't even remember where I saw that, but it just made sense to me in the area of prayer. That you know, the more uh, the more you have eliminated. That's why this go into that closet, go into that room, and shut the door. Okay, that's what he's talking about. Okay, so what you're doing is you're you're shutting out. All the other distractions. So you're eliminating uh, the things that try to pull at you here, and eliminating uh, things that pull at you there. This is one of the reasons why I take I take real early morning prayer time, okay? Because there's less apt to be uh, things that pull on you, okay? The family uh you know the uh the dog uh you know needing to be fed you know the uh the uh you know the little chore that needs to be done outside the you know the the lights you know the sun's up now and bright so you're 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 seeing everything and and then you start seeing what needs to be done and what need I mean it's just amazing how everything tries to pull at you. You know, you're thinking about work, you're thinking about uh the kids and you're thinking about the laundry or or getting the dishes done or whatever it is that you know that that tries to pull at you. So I have found for me, okay, I like the early time, real early time. So it's just me and the Lord, nobody else uh, moving around. Uh, you know, it's just, it, to me, that's when I get things done. But you got to be focused and concentration. And if you want concentration, you're going to have to learn that there's some things that need to be eliminate, eliminated. All right. Or, or at least set aside so you you don't have to deal with it right away. All right. Well, anyway, so fervent and focused. All right. Verse 7, now, when you pray, uh, do not use vain repetition, okay, as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. I mean, no, it's not uh, about a lot of words that makes it work. It's about doing the right things, okay? Now, what I'm going to say here, okay, you got fervent, okay, you got focused, and here's another one, free-flowing, okay, and I'll, I'll explain that here, okay, so... He says nothing repetitious, in other words, religiously. Sometimes we get caught in ruts uh, when it comes time to prayer time. Uh, you can be going along and maybe you have a certain thing that you pray, a certain thing you confess, and all that's good. Not, we're not against making uh, uh, daily confessions. Please, I do it every day. There's certain things that I confess over my household. Over myself, over our health, over our church—I mean, we can go on and on and on about things that we make uh, make confessions of faith over. All right, but if you don't watch it, see you get—you uh, can get in a rut. You can get caught up in in uh, you know just get in a in a groove and then then just where you stay. But we're called to be free flowing, all right. Now, what do I mean by that? Okay. Uh, whereas uh, being repetitious is talking about being religious, tedious, empty chatter. But we're talking about being sensitive enough now that when you're in prayer, even though you have some specific things you know you handle every day, you got to be sensitive enough to the leadings of God. All right. So you're not caught up just doing the vain, repetitious, empty chatter. Okay. Caught in some rut or, or some uh, lifeless routine. Maybe I could say it that way. All right. But we're talking about, amen, having a free flowing uh, prayer life. Okay. Now, uh, I, I threw a reference. I was thinking, uh, out, Second Corinthians 2 and 14 says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. So I always think about it. I can go to all kinds of verses, talk about God leading us, okay? So my thought is this. If you want to avoid being in the ruts and the lifeless routines in the area of prayer, in fact, sometimes this lifeless stuff is what pretty soon you get bored with and get tired of not seeing any results, and then pretty soon you start putting your prayer life aside, okay? Well, part of that is because we're not, we're not staying free flow. We're not staying sensitive. Remember, prayer is a two-way street here, Okay? So sometimes you get to pray, and you might be getting, you know, maybe talk, maybe let's say you're praying about uh, health things, about your health, or the health of somebody in your family or something, or your church or something. And, and, you, and there's certain things that you pray, and you may have certain verses you pray, but all of a sudden the Spirit of God might start giving you a different thing to declare. He might give you something else to pray. He might give you, uh, might give you a word concerning that. He might give you another verse to stand on for that day. Okay, but all of this then starts taking away that repetitious, empty chatter type stuff, and it starts giving you this free flowing prayer life, all right? That's when it starts getting fun, okay? Hope you're hearing this. Okay, so we're talking about fervent, okay, or heartfelt. We're talking about being focused, not distracted and caught up with everything. And we're talking about free flowing, not this repetitious, religious, empty, lifeless routine, okay? We're talking about being sensitive to leadings, biddings, and promptings by God. So free-flowing is another one. Okay, now down to verse 8. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things, He knows the things that you have need of. That's why you want to hear Him, be listening to Him. He knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. Now somebody would say, well, if God knows what we need, then why do we have to you know, pray. Well, because he said you're called to pray. You're called to ask because that's part of, part of your dominion here on planet earth. Okay. That's part of your authority. That's part of your place. Okay. Uh, God will do his thing. You just got to do your thing. All right. But it's a cool thing about it here. It says this. Okay. There are certain things. All right. He talks about here. Uh, he knows the things that you have need of, okay, uh, before you ask Him. Now, here's the thing I'm going to say on this one, okay, um, without breaking it down a whole lot more here, but the other thing is going to be is faith-based. So let's look at it again. You got, you got uh, fervent, that's heartfelt. You got focused, okay, so not distracted. You got free-flowing, all right. And the next thing is going to be faith based. OK, that's a key in prayer. OK, so there's certain things that the Lord knows you have need of. OK, but you got to get connected with it. All right. So in other words, what's he what's his will concerning this? What is his uh, what's his word have to say about it? OK, we'll connect with it. OK, he knows what you have need of. Now you connect with that. Well, what's the reason for that? Well, first off, it's scriptural. Okay, it's better to be scriptural in your prayer time. Somebody said, "Well, I don't know all the word." Well, you may not know all the word, but you should be glow- growing and glowing and you know moving forward and everything else, getting a hold of this, getting revelation of this kind of stuff. Uh, don't just because you can't you can't get it all now uh, mean that you shut it out. Okay, please don't do that. Okay, that I could I could have used that as my excuse. Okay. When I first got got into this thing, I couldn't remember nothing, man. I probably all the abuse I did to my body and things I did, you know, the uh, substance abuse and all that kind of stuff. uh, You know, your 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 brain wants to check out, you know, wants to get lazy on you and not and not, uh, you know, not do what it's called to do. And I'm just telling the truth. okay? And I had I experienced that. So I had to I had to I had to make myself begin to grab the word of God begin to memorize the scriptures, and I began to do that concerning a lot of these verses that I wanted to pray about, things that I wanted to see change in my life, in our marriage, our family, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, the church, things like that. So I began to take the Word of God, began to declare the Word of God, speak the Word of God, amen, for, for multiple reasons. Number one, because it's scriptural, but number two, because that's where the confidence is. See, if you're going to have a prayer life that works, you're going to have to be confident about what you're praying. I hope you're hearing this. Now, 1 John 5 and 14, this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we... In fact, let me read it to you, because I think it'd be worthy if you turn to it. 1 John 5, and it's right toward the end of the book there. In verse 14 and 15, it says, Now this is the confidence, amen, that we have in Him that if we ask anything, remember, you're called to be the one that asks. Okay, he says, as you ask. Okay, so he uh, says, if we ask acor- anything, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. All right, and if we know that he hears us, then we, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Okay, a lot said there, but it's pretty simple, really. He says, listen. Okay, if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Well, somebody said, "Well, what if I don't know His will?" The word's His will. He's never go- His will's never going to violate His will. Okay, you have to understand the word is His will. The word says, "Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is." Okay, okay. He wants you filled with the fullness of His will in all wisdom and spiritual. I mean, don't you can't you can't don't don't go around saying that I, I just don't know the will of God. I don't get the will of God. I don't understand the will of God. Ah, stop it. Okay. You just may not know it right now, okay? But you get in this thing, you'll find it out, okay? If you're praying about, if you're praying about uh, healing again, we'll just bring that up again. Well, then what I recommend, you go to the Word of God, you find some promises in the Word of God about, about health and wholeness. And what do you do then? You begin to take, you take that Word, amen, and you say, Lord, according to your, your Word, I'm standing that by your stripes we were healed. And you just quote that word, quote that reference, move forward. Amen. What are you doing? What you're doing is you're asking something that's in accordance to his will. And you know by this, because this is a promise, that if you're asking according to his will, the word says he hears you. So then it says, and if we know that he hears us, then what? Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions uh, that we have asked of him. OK, so. You know, that's just a thing to, to know and understand about, about just some basic uh, uh, principles or basic fundamentals, pardon me, basic pr- fundamentals about prayer, okay? It needs to be faith-based, okay? Uh, you know, don't just, uh, you know, assume and, and, and scattershot something out there uh, that, that you don't, you're not real sure about and you're just, you know, just throwing words around. That's what he's talking about. Don't be that person that's just, you know, thinking you're going to be heard for much words. Well, what if your words don't mean a hill of being of sins? Or what if your words don't even line up with the scriptures? Okay, well, then you're not even going to get anything done. Okay, and then, you know, here we go again, right? So nothing's no results. So you're thinking, what's the point? Well, God knows I'm supposed to have anyway, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. You find some weird excuse uh, to avoid prayer, your prayer life. All right. Now, I don't mean to get on all that. And like I said, I was trying to keep it real happy here. Okay, I'm not trying to uh, act like I'm giving a rebuke here. The point is this, okay? These are just some basic things, okay? You can take your Bible with you to prayer. In fact, I recommend it, okay? especially if you know there's certain things you want to pray about, okay? You have those references. In fact, I recommend you write down those references. Nowadays, you just pull them up on your iPad, your iPhone, your I this, I that, whatever, okay? And you just got them right there in front of you. And you begin to just say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm standing in a, uh, cons- uh, you know, in faith concerning uh, this or that, and this is what I'm standing on. According to your word, it says this, says this, says this. Now, Lord, I'm believing right now, amen, that this is manifesting on our behalf. We stand in agreement with your word. Now, I know that he heard. Amen. And then I know because he's hearing it, praise God, that I know that I'm also now, I have, I have the petition that I've asked for. Why? And I have confidence. That's why I said that. We have now confidence that what we're asking, we are receiving. All right, and that's key. All right. So anyway, these are just some basic fundamentals of prayer, okay? Again, fervent, right? Or heartfelt, focused, all right, not distracted. Free-flowing, in other words, be sensitive to listen in case he gives you, you know, he wants to walk you through something or show you something different. And then faith-based, something that's scriptural. Amen. Hallelujah. Something, uh, you know, the promises, whatever, you can stand on. All right? All right. So that way you got confidence. Okay? Now, let's go down and read some more down here. Okay? So verse 9 of Matthew uh, 6, verse 9, and then we're going to talk about now, uh, some basic components of prayer, okay? Basic components of prayer. All right, now it says in verse 9, uh, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or transgressors. Okay, that word also is in there for, for some translations. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right. Now, what we're going to talk about out of this is some components. Now, the reason we say that is because he said, in this manner, pray. He didn't say, uh, in fact, what the reason he's, he said that is because in Luke's account, in Luke 11, uh, the same we see the same thing he's teaching the boys uh, the lord's prayer we we always refer to it as the lord's prayer but they asked teach us to pray that's why he's saying in this manner pray somebody said well just pray this well if you just pray this every time then you're violating what he just said a couple verses ago about being repetitious okay so a lot of churches, that's what they do. They just think if I pray the Lord's Prayer, it's done. Now, I'm not against you praying the Lord's Prayer if it's coming from the heart. All right? But I, what you say, he said, in this manner. In other words, he's giving you some components that make for a prayer life. Now, if I just read this prayer, I can probably read this prayer in about 20 seconds. Okay? There's a lot of songs with the Lord's Prayer, and you can sing it in about two minutes, three minutes. Okay? Now, I think God wants you to have a little bit more than a 20-second prayer life or a little bit more than a three-minute prayer life, okay? So you have to understand that when He's talking about in this manner pray, He's giving you some components. He's giving you some basic components, amen, little keys that put into your prayer life that allow your prayer life to work, okay? Now, remember what I said earlier about prayer prayer is a two-way street, all right? But prayer is also about, now listen, about your communion with heaven and your dominion on earth. All right? So your communion or your relationship, your intimacy with the the Father Himself, and then taking care of business here on earth. So communion with heaven and dominion on earth. This is key. Because this is what he brings out here. So it starts off with what? Our Father. So verse 9, in this manner, pray, right? Therefore pray, our Father in heaven. So first and foremost, amen, he's acknowledging the Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed or um, honored, to honor his name. He's talking about hallowing his name, all right? To honor his name, all right? So first and foremost, it starts off with you, Bring an honor to God. I'm telling you, if you want your prayer life to work, this is a key component. It starts off with you just honoring God for who He is. All right? Start giving God some thanks and some honor for who He is. All right? And, uh, you know, the boys um, uh, in uh, Matthew uh, 16, uh, they... uh, uh, you know, they, Jesus was walking along with all the, the posse and they says, Well, you know, what's the word out there? What are, what are men saying about me? Well, some say you're this, some say you're that. You're, you know, you're uh, one of the prophets of God raised from the dead. Uh, you know, you're, uh, you know, a good man. You're a miracle worker, all kinds of things. And he said, But then he stopped and he says, but, but who do you say that I am? Because that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's, that's what it's about. And that's what it's about with you, with me, with anybody when it comes time to walk with God. It's about who is he to you? Because if your relationship is just some surface thing, okay, then you're probably not going to enjoy your walk with God and you're probably not going to have much of a prayer life. okay. But as an individual, as a child of God, I mean, what is God to you? Who is he to you? What's he done for you? I mean, here you are connecting right now with the creator of the ends of the earth. The one that the scripture literally flung the stars out there into space. Put the planets in orbit. Okay? I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, you step outside and look at the, you know, we live in a mountainous area. So we can look, you know, we got beautiful mountains. You know, we got rock formations. We got rivers and lakes. And I mean, just looking at stuff like that just makes you go, wow, what a good God. Or you could stop. And you, you you got a newborn baby, and you you look at that little thing, and and here it is, this big. It's a you know a little little human being. It got little little hands and and little feet and little you know you know just just a beautiful little thing. And you go, wow, in God great. Wow. Well, he is great, right? See, who is he to you? He's the creator of the ends of the earth. It says here, uh, um, how's it worded? Hallow, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, in other words, honor, uh, bring an honor, giving honor unto your name. Now for whatever it's worth, Proverbs in 18, it says this in verse 10 that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. So bring in the importance of what it means about this name, the name, okay? Because the name, just like your name, it, it, it represents something, okay? His name represents something. Well, what I did years ago, and I'm just, what I'm doing, like I said, with this whole thing, talking about just basic uh, uh, things about uh, prayer, uh, basic insight, basic fundamentals. Now we're talking about basic uh, components. What the Spirit of God began to do with me, with this thing about the names of God, is begin to reveal to me all the different redemptive names that I found in the old covenant concerning God. Okay. And you could do this with Jesus, all the different names, you know, uh, the scriptures bring out about Him. All right, but I just felt my heart since I'm praying to the Father who is in heaven, Amen, and I'm hallowing His name or bringing honor unto His name. Well, then what 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 name? Okay, and who is He to me then? Well, I want to find out some things. So I just did this, okay? You, you can just, you know, you can write things down if you want, or just, just listen and, and uh, maybe take your own time later. But there's like Jehovah Jireh, okay? And again, um, you know, I'm, I don't claim to be some Greek or Hebrew scholar, and I guarantee you there's a lot of these names I probably, over the years, are probably butchered, okay? And I apologize for those out there who, uh, are a lot better at it than me, alright? But uh, the idea is not so much to get all everything pronounced right, the idea is get a hold of it. And I'm telling you, my friend, some of this stuff I've got a hold of, all right? Jehovah Jireh is your provider. That's what it means, the Lord who provides. The word talks about Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord our healer, okay? Jehovah Nissi, okay, which means the Lord our banner or our victory. Jehovah Mekadesh, okay, which is the Lord our sanctifier, the one that sets you apart, makes you different, right? Jehovah Shalom, okay, we've heard that many times, the Lord our peace, okay? Uh, Jehovah Sidkenu, which means the Lord our righteousness, all right? Jehovah Rohi, which we know as the Lord our shepherd, okay? All right, there's uh, Jehovah Shama, which means the Lord who's present, okay? Then we got El, uh, El Shaddai, which means the breasty one, the all-sufficient God. El El Yon, the most high God, or supreme one. El Olam, the everlasting God. Amen. Elohim, the strong and faithful one. El Orohi, which means the God who oversees, who's there and sees all that's going on. Amen. El Anissa, uh, Anissa, I believe is how it's pronounced. And it's, uh, it means the God who forgives. That's a good one to know, right? All right. Uh, I am that I am, which means I am all that you need me to be when you need me to be it. A ball Paris, which means the master of breakthroughs. These is about I don't know how many I, I said there, but maybe, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 different names right there. Now, there's more, but those are some ones that I begin to grab hold of as redemptive names. OK, things that each one of them represented a facet of God. Now, when I begin to go into prayer and I begin to give God honor, I begin to meditate on these things. And so pretty soon I'm going, uh, you know, I begin to honor God. It says to, uh, you know, hallowing His name. And I begin to say, Lord, I thank you. You're the healer. You're the provider. Amen. In fact, when I first started all this, I would literally say the whole uh, Hebrew word and then the name. And, uh, but I'm not, I'm not trying to put that on, like anybody has to do that. kind of. Stuff. That's just kind of what He did for me to get it alive in me. But I just began to just see him as the healer, as the provider, the deliverer, the one that, uh, you know, that sanctifies and sets me apart, that makes me different. My righteousness, my sanctification, my redemption, my peace, my banner, my victory. Praise God. Hallelujah. The the all in all. Praise God. I mean, the master of breakthroughs. I began, You know, you just start doing that. And that's how you open your prayer. Because remember, it starts with this vertical thing. Okay, it's the vertical relationship, this communion with heaven right now. That's how it starts. And I'm telling you, if you'll just start doing that in your prayer life, I guarantee you, man, time is going to fly because you're having fun doing this. Because when you start giving God thanks for who he is to you, amen, who is he to you? Right. And so if he if he's your deliverer, then start thanking him and and giving honor and, and, and worship him as the one that delivers you the one that sets you free, the one that saved your soul, the one that sets you free from hell and all of all the courts of, of every demon, every every, uh, you know, imp from hell you've been set free from. I mean, you could start doing this. And next thing you know, man, you had, you know, half an hour went by and all you've been doing is just giving God thanks for who he is. Amen. I mean, this is how this stuff starts. You want you want some fun in your prayer life. That's where it starts right there. All right. That gets you out of that that uh, lifeless, uh, mundane routine, gets you out of the rut. All right. It starts turning this thing, opening this thing up and you want presence in your life. That's how you get presence right there. All right. That's how you get presence. All right, and you know what happens with presence. Everything comes, fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore. rest comes out of joy. Hallelujah, out of presence. Uh, uh, times of refreshment, times of restoration. All this starts coming out of presence. So you start your prayer life like that, and all of a sudden you tap presence. I guarantee you you come out of the prayer time a different individual. If you're coming out of prayer being more depressed, get back in there. You ain't doing it right. All right? So I'm just telling you. Okay? But this is how it starts. Starts with that vertical communion. Amen? Honoring the name. Honoring Him. Praise God. And that's just how it starts. Okay? That's how it starts. Okay? So that's verse, um, verse 9. Verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Okay? So what now what's happening? Okay? Now, okay, we started with that That vertical, we started with that that communion, but now it's about invoking the will of God. Okay, is what you're going to see here in the the, uh, big part of this middle of this prayer, okay, is invoking the will of God. So now we're talking about our horizontal uh, duty in invoking the will of God here on earth, taking dominion. Okay, so what we're doing is we're getting an agreement. Your kingdom come, your rule, your reign, your realm loosed. Amen. Right now here, your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Ephesians 5, I think I quoted it earlier, but uh, he says not to be unwise, but to understand what the will of the Lord is. God does not want his kids ignorant. He wants you to understand what the will of the Lord is. Even when Jesus went into prayer, we see in, for instance, in Matthew 26, we see where Uh, where Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. What's he doing? He's invoking the will of God here, even over himself. Lord, I'm not going to do what in my own natural, uh, you know, what my own flesh wants to do here. I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to fulfill what I'm called to fulfill. Amen. Well, it's the same thing in your prayer life every day. Lord God, I'm invoking your will. Amen. Your will be done. Amen. In my life in our family. Your will be done in our church. Your will be done in our community. Your will be done in our state, in our nation. Your will be done In this, on this planet, praise God. All authorities and Lord God, all the kings and authorities and so your will be done uh, in that office, praise God. I mean, what, that's what you're doing. You're invoking the will of God. Amen. Praise God. Invoking the will. Acknowledging his ways, his plans, his motive, his heart, so to speak. Amen. Seeing to it that, uh, that his will is being invoked on planet earth. Praise God. Amen. You standing in authority. Amen. Making statements of faith. Praise God. So then he goes and he talks about some of this. Some, just some different areas. Okay. The first one's about provision. Okay, so he says this, right? In other words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In fact, you notice that? I, I kind of slipped by that, didn't I? But you're on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. That ought, to, that, ought, that ought to turn some things, right? Some things that you think are okay down here. Well, is it in heaven? No, then it ain't okay. Okay, I'm just saying. Just Anyway, just, you know, days like heaven on earth. Amen. All right, so anyway, uh, verse 11. Now, give us this day. Our daily bread that 's what it says in verse eleven, so what 's he talking about well he 's still talking about invoking the will of God, so now we 're talking about the area of provision i mean that I have found just for whatever it 's worth okay, and I believe it 's worth a lot you know thirty years of of pastoring you learn a few things okay and i 've learned that the majority of prayer uh, prayer needs come out of the need uh, you know provisional needs okay so uh, you know you have also health issues and stuff like that, but for the most part. Uh, you see people that always got some kind of financial dilemma. They got uh, some need, some bill that needs paid, some thing turned around or, or, you know, some financial, uh, you know, distress here or whatever it is, or need, uh, you know, wisdom about some financial things or whatever it is. Well, okay, this is what your prayer life's about, right? Come on now. Now, so you're invoking the will of God in the area of provision over your household, over your church, over your your business, over uh, your extended family, or whatever it is you're praying about, over your your state, your nation, your community, or whatever it is your your school, whatever it is you're praying about, praise God. Uh, some loved one or some somebody says, uh, "Be in agreement with me about about this need being met." Well, praise the Lord. So you're you're what you're doing now. So you're you're invoking the will of God concerning uh, provision. Praise God. Hallelujah. Give us this day. Amen. I love that. This day, our daily bread. And again, if you're praying every day, then that makes sense. Give us this day, our daily bread. Praise God. Amen. Provision. Philippians four nineteen 19 uh, talks about, you know, that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not according to the need, but according to his riches in glory. Amen. Psalms 23 again, talking about the Lord uh, who is our shepherd, right? But it says, and I shall not lack. I won't be without. Why? Because I got a shepherd that's over me. And I've already gave him honor for who he is. And now I'm just making declarations that my needs are met. Praise God. The shepherd has my back. Praise the Lord. Meeting my needs. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we see provision. Verse 12 says, and forgive us our debts or transgressions, some translations say, as we forgive our debtors or, uh, trans, or, or tr- others' transgressions, Our probably our transgressions. There we go. Forgive us our transgressions as we forgive our debtors or those who have transgressed against us. There you go. Got it out right there. All right, so what does that mean? It talks about consecration. Okay, what's that mean? Well, to be sanctified, set apart, made different, a right heart, um, uh, verses like uh, Hebrews 2 talks about that the sanctifier is there to help the one being, being, being sanctified. Remember we talked about earlier that he's, uh, who is he? He's uh, Jehovah Mekadesh, right? The one who sanctifies makes one different. So what he's talking about when you come into prayer, not only is he there to meet needs, right? Provision, but he's there now to make you different. So you're saying, Lord, amen, forgive me, change me. You know, it's amazing. Uh, You know, (sighs) over the years, I've just learned some things, okay? And, um, you know, I've learned that I can't just go up to anybody and just say, listen, uh, stop doing that, change that, Um, uh, unless, unless I really have a word from God or this person's asking me. Now, if this person's asking me, I'm going to be straight up with them, okay? You need to stop that, change that, whatever, okay? You're asked, I'm telling, okay? But i found you could sit all day and preach uh, sin. You could talk about everybody's shortcomings and what they're doing wrong, and I found you don't get nothing done. Okay? You just make them pull them more further under condemnation. You think somehow you're going to you know, you know, uh, scare the pants off them and make them change. You kidding me? They might change for about 30 minutes, and then they're back doing what they were doing, all right? But when somebody has a prayer life, and they're communing with God, and you start rolling down this thing, and all of a sudden you're talking about, Lord, change me. I guarantee you, Spirit of God begins to bring things up and show you things. One word from God will change your life forever. And all of a sudden, He begins to show you maybe there's odd in your heart, or there's something you need to uh, do different, or you shouldn't have said it that way or done it that way. And it's always better when God's telling you. It's way better when God's talking to you about it than when the pastor's talking to you about it. All right. And I, like I said, I've just found uh, I don't you know, for me, it's hard to get something done like that in somebody's life unless the spirit of God's working on them. All right. And so, again, uh, you know, maybe a lot said there, maybe a little bit of a rabbit trail. But the bottom line is this. Uh, I have found uh, when I went in and I began to develop my own personal prayer life and I began to see this. OK, that I'm invoking the will of God, bringing provision. And then as it's happening. All right. The Spirit of God, amen, as I'm bringing change, speaking change, the Spirit of God begins to show and reveal things. And so then it's like, then I begin to invoke change in my own life. Lord, forgive me for acting that way or talking that way or getting caught up in that. I told you time and time, I don't want to do that and I don't want to be that guy. So Father, forgive me. All right. And it's amazing how all of a sudden you get changed, made different in the presence of God, in the spirit of God, in your prayer life. Praise God. What's he talking about? He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt. That's another thing, right? So how many times I've had to deal with people. Now listen, again, I'm no condemnation. We're just saying this is just, it's just, it's obvious that a lot of people just don't have a prayer life. Okay. Because when somebody keeps bringing up the same thing or the same individual has done them wrong 10 years ago. Okay. I, I question whether they've ever been in an in a, in a intimate conversation with God. Okay? Again, no condemnation. I'm just, I'm just showing you because I have found, and I know if He does this for me, I'm not the only one. He does this for everybody that will let Him. Okay? But when I get into that place of intimacy with God, and I I'm, mean I'm that prayer place, the Spirit of God has a place to talk to me about things. And boy, I can tell you, he'll tell me sometimes, you know what, you've got, you got a problem with so-and-so, and you're the one that needs to deal with it. You need to let it go, get past it, whatever. And I'm telling you, okay, when God talks to you about it, see, if the grace of God's there, that, that divine influence is, 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 is coming upon your heart, I guarantee you there's also a divine empowerment to walk it out. But if it's the pastor always got to tell you, you know, walk in forgiveness, let it go. Stop walking in with a I mean, you, you might you might hear me out of respect and say, yes, pastor. But about 30 seconds later, you're going to you're going to walk out to your car and say, forget that. Right. Because it, it, it didn't do anything. OK. But in prayer, in that place of prayer, this is why personal prayer life is so important, man. I mean, my life has been so changed from from day to day just by the little bitty nuggets that the spirit of God talked to me about show me how to do this better and say this better and and to act this out a little different and and to let that go not be so caught up in those kind of things and and release that and and walk free from that and oh man I'm telling you what you you get out you get out of prayer a whole different person praise god amen you don't have to carry some of that mess. Some people carry things for, for a decade, carry things for 20 years. OK, they have, you know, things that they should have let go of the next day should already be gone and they haven't released it yet. OK, this is what a personal prayer life's about. Oh, wow. praise God. Hallelujah. So we see uh, invoking the will concerning provision, concerning consecration. And this verse here, 12 our uh, probably verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation, but delivers from the evil one. Now, you know as well as I do, God ain't ever leading anybody in temptation, okay? Because I can show you about half a dozen verses against that, but what it's kind of Elizabethan kind of way brings it out. But the bottom line is, what it's talking about here is God giving you clarity and direction, okay? About things that are ahead, okay? Now listen, okay? It's about guidance, leadings, clarity, sensitivity of hearing, all right? Psalms 91, if you, you know, we talk quoted some of that already but but uh, you get to like verse three it talked about he would deliver you from the snare of the fowler in other words he'll steer you clear with the traps the enemy has laid out for you. second Peter and 2 it brings out that he will steer you clear steer you around temptation even now that's a pretty big deal. see God isn't looking uh, you know to he wants you to be delivered from any kind of temptation He wants to steer you away from temptation. So the spirit of God in prayer there are things when you begin to pray, not only are you invoking the will concerning provision <clears throat> about sanctification in your life, and, but also about, about uh, you know, having a, an ear to hear, uh, having a heart to receive. You know, uh, you know John uh, 10 is so good about you know, bringing out about, about you know, Jesus talking about uh, you know, that you should know His uh, voice and hear His voice and follow His voice, you know, and all that. What's it doing is He's trying to give you clarity and direction. All right? And when you're invoking the will of God, part of what you're doing see, is you're setting the stage for you to do what's right that day. You might as well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go to prayer, you might as well come out of prayer knowing, amen, when, when to be in the right place at the right time, when to do this, what not to do, why, when to sign on the dotted line, when not to sign on the dotted line, when to buy this, when not to buy this, when to sell that, when to sell this. I mean, I don't care what it is. Who to go talk to, who to call, amen, who to pray for. I mean, all this kind of stuff is about direction. All right. Invoking the will of God. It's about taking dominion on planet Earth, praise God. Hallelujah. And it starts with your own life, all right? But that's what he's talking about here, praise God. Amen. So about direction, amen. Uh, Let's let's go on further here now. Down, uh, let's see, the the tail end of verse 13, because we're on the last verse here. Let me read it again. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, right? Praise God. For yours is the kingdom kingdom. And the power, I love this. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. So, what's going on here now? Well, it's talking about honoring uh, his authority and power. So, now, this is, we're wrapping up the thing about prayer. Okay, this is what that Lord's Prayer represents. It starts, uh, amen, it starts with giving honor to his name, amen, and then invoking the will of God on planet earth. But it always ends with that same vertical thing: with given honor again, given thanks, amen. Uh, given thanks for His authority. Uh, in other words, what you're doing then? Uh, it starts off here: is start giving God thanks for everything that you prayed for that it's it's being done. This is where that confidence thing happens. See, now you're you're getting done here. You're saying, Lord, thank you for this being done. Thank you for that being done. Praise God, amen. A couple references on that, Ephesians 3 and 21, Romans 11, 36, all of it talking about this honor, this ongoing giving honor and thanks and praise. Uh, back to Colossians 4 and 2, it says this, right? Uh, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with, here we go, thanksgiving, praise God. Philippians 4 and 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, what, with, what? Thanksgiving, praise God. What's that all about? Well, You've heard me say it many times as your pastor. Amen. Man, to me, that was so key when I learned the power of thanks. Okay? I I preach a whole series on this word. Okay? And I'm not doing that today, but what I'm going to say is this. Okay, I always at least somewhere along, usually in the beginning and the end of my prayer time, I'm giving God thanks. I'm giving God thanks for who He is, and I'm giving God thanks for what He's doing. Amen. The things I've prayed about by faith, I'm giving Him thanks that all of it's being done. Praise God. Now this today, again, we're just talking about you know the basic uh, understanding of prayer, some basic uh, fundamentals we brought out, and basic components of prayer. Praise God. Now I hope you hope you got something today. I know I said a lot there in, in about an hour's time and, and uh, uh, probably could take this and, and turn a whole series out of it. Uh, but just kind of, just real quick things that the Spirit of God showed me years ago that helped me in my everyday prayer life that I still use every day, praise God, that still Amen. Brings change around me and in me and, and for me and uh, for our church, for our family. It's amazing uh, having a personal prayer life and what it can be and, and do for you. Praise God. Hope you got blessed. Father, we give praise and glory once again. Thank you for the Word. Thank you for these principles. Thank you, Lord God, for these fundamentals, how these precepts. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. For all these uh, little nuggets that we shared today, I believe they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive, and we give you the praise and the glory for it, for a people of God that have a personal prayer life. Amen. Hallelujah. Vibrant and alive, fervent in spirit, focused, free-flowing, faith-based prayer life, and I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of the message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash wovictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministries on Roku. For more information on who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out our website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.